All right, guys, welcome to the very first episode of the Gateway Defense podcast. Um, I am your host, Brennan Brennick. With me is uh, co-host Justin Anderson, and we are really honestly super excited about being able to bring you guys a podcast. It's something that uh, Justin and I have been talking about doing for, honestly, a really long time, uh, and we finally gotten around to actually doing it. So really excited about this. Um, should be dropping probably every other week or so. Um, kind of on the off schedule with our YouTube videos. Um, but hopefully this is uh, some good conversations, allow you guys to um, kind of jump into some conversations with us, kind of hear our takes on things. We're going to have some guests on, talk about some different topics as well. Um, but hopefully this is really helpful for you guys. So um, just kind of right off the bat, what you guys can expect uh, from this podcast. Um, we're going to have we're going to talk about a bunch of training. That's kind of what we do. Uh, we're going to talk about gear because we are gear nerds as well. Um, and having good gear is honestly really important. Um, we're going to talk about uh, like class reviews or um, anything like that. If we if we go take a training class or something, um, we'll talk about content creation, what it's like being in the industry, farms instruction, um, all of that type of stuff. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this is, you know, hopefully a bunch of our episodes are stuff that you guys kind of jive with. Um, but we're really excited to actually kind of have some, some more informal content, but something that, uh, you can, you can listen to on your commute or something like that. So, um, like I said, also, we're going to be having a bunch of guests on as well. So I think you guys will really like the guest lineup that we are kind of looking at. Um, today we're not going to have any guests on. We're just kind of, kind of do a, um, a little bit of a background about us, a little bit of background on gateway defense and, um, maybe get into a little bit of a uh, kind of a title topic. Um, but one thing to expect is that all of the guests who we have on, um, it's not really going to be like an interview style where we're just learning everything about them. It's really going to be getting them to contribute something to the conversation at hand. Um, so bringing somebody in and, you know, if it's, if we're talking about um, USPSA or something like that, we'll probably bring in a high level USPSA competitor to talk about you know, that topic. So um, just to give you an idea of who we're going to have on, and uh, we're always happy to take uh, requests or ideas. So make sure to leave those in the comments. Um, we love to uh, love to hear from you guys. Um, let's, uh, let's kick off Justin, I think tonight with maybe just introducing ourselves, um, letting people know who we are for those of them, uh, you know, for those people who don't know us, I don't think we've ever, ever really, really dived into our backgrounds too much, um, at least on the internet. So Let's do that. I'll let you. I'll let you kick it off first. Um, just who you are, kind of how you got into shooting, um, and then kind of we'll kind of build it into how Gateway Defense got started, how you and I started hanging out and shooting and and creating content. Yeah, for sure, dude. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm Justin. My name is Justin Anderson. I am uh, one of the founders of Gateway Defense. Um, I also help Brennan uh, teach classes across the country, uh, and I do all the media for Gateway Defense as well. Uh, if you guys are new here, go ahead and check us out uh, on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, and we put out a lot of content um, around performance shooting, training, guns, gear, all the good stuffs. Um, so I currently am a USPSA Masterclass shooter. Um, been shooting seriously for about five years. Um, been shooting guns kind of since I was like 12 years old. So, you know, 12 years ago, give or take. Um, so I kind of grew up in kind of a gun neutral household. Um, my, like my family, we weren't really, we weren't really, my parents weren't really anti-gun, but they weren't like really pro-gun either. Um, you know, I, like, 
I grew up shooting, you know, 22s and 20 gauges with my grandpa, you know, in Northwest Wisconsin every now and then, um, pellet guns and stuff like that. But for the most part, like they didn't really, uh, my parents didn't really prioritize it. Um, but kind of being the kind of classic American boy, um, I was just always super interested in guns. Uh, me and my brothers just playing guns, um, playing war. Um, it just was, it was so much fun. It was something I was super interested in, um, at a really young age. And so we would, you know, we would play with, with whatever, you know, um, props around the house that we could find, um, picture frame holders, Legos, hockey sticks, um, you name it, we use them as guns. Um, and so one time we actually, my brother and I, <laughs> we, we actually took like layers of cardboard and traced out an AR, um, like a good old fashioned M4A1. Um, and we, we cut it out like six, six sheets of cardboard and we taped it together with black tape. Uh, and then we did a pistol, uh, and we play with it like around the yard. And, um, did you know parents, what that rifle was at the time? No, no. I just knew it was like a military rifle. Like yeah, that's what we nice. wanted. Um, yeah. And like, uh, my older brother is like super detail oriented. And so he, uh, you know, he traced it out like super good and, uh, yeah, it was great up until, uh, the stock folded in like where the buffer tube meets the lower receiver just totally like bent um so that wasn't that wasn't super fun but um you know i kind of grew up in kind of the more rural i grew up in a subdivision and more rural uh you know wisconsin uh but it was still a subdivision so you know playing with you know with guns black guns in the in the, you know my backyard of a subdivision still can kind of you know kind of put my parents on edge a little bit um and so it was right around the time, uh, let's see, it was probably like 20, it was probably like 2011. I was, tw I was 12 years old and, um, I kind of, I kind of was getting, I was kind of getting interested in the airsoft. Uh, my older brothers had played some airsoft, but they kind of, it wasn't really serious. Um, but I started kind of getting interested in that. Uh, and lo and behold, my, uh, my older brother bought me, um, you know, good old fashioned Beretta M9 uh, spring action airsoft pistol. Uh, cool. It was, it was clear. Um, and I, I remember was those. Like, yeah, I was, and I was like super excited about it because all of the, you know, all this time I've been playing with, with prop guns. Right. So yeah. this was like an actual, it was a, it was an actual like formed gun. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was, I was super excited. As soon as I got home, I spray painted that thing black, um, including the orange muzzle, which my family was not uh, happy about. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, that was super cool, super fun. Um, and that kind of, that it kind of got me really interested in the airsoft. Um, and so, you know, wanted to get an airsoft rifle. Um, you know, my first, my first airsoft rifle was an AK 47. So, uh, don't, uh, don't at me please. Um, full metal, full, you know, wood stock and everything. It was actually pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'd, I'd gotten a job on a farm when I was, you know, like 12 years old. And so I started making some money. Um, and then it was, it was right around like 2013. So I was like 14 years old. Um, when my best friend who's now uh, my brother-in-law, um, you know, he lived on a farm, grew up on a farm. Uh, he bought his first rifle, real firearm. And he showed it to me and he was like, dude, check this out. And, uh, it was a savage axis in 223. It was a bolt action, 223 black synthetic stock bipod uh sling the whole nine yards and uh we shot that thing at his house and i was like oh my gosh 
I need one of these. Like I need yeah. this exact rifle. Uh, and I was hooked. Like I was, yeah. I hadn't really shot, I hadn't really shot real, you know, a lot of real guns before then, like 22s and stuff. But that was like, we shot it like a piece of steel, like 200 yards away. It was, it was just, it was, I was absolutely hooked. So I bought that exact rifle. Um, okay. at, in 2013. Yep. Um, we were actually camping in Northern Wisconsin. And for some reason we went to this local Walmart and that was back when Walmart like sold, you know, guns and stuff. Um, and sure enough, lo and behold, they had it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the rifle I want. Like, exactly. So mm-hmm. uh, I was like, dad, I, I've got the money. So he bought it for me right then and there at a, at wow. a, at a Walmart. Yeah. So uh, a little underwhelming, but kind of funny. Um, yeah. So I threw a, a Nikon Pro Staff scope on it, three by nine scope. Um, funny enough, the scope was just as expensive as the rifle. So even back then, that's, I like I, I knew you know it's a good step. I mean, it is. Yep. Yeah, you should Through be spending probably at, at least as much on the on a long range scope as the gun. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the gun was only two hundred fifty dollars. So yeah, um, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So it doesn't take much to be more expensive <laughs> than the rifle at that point. Yeah. Right. 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 Um. Yeah, threw a Harris bipod on it, Butler Creek sling. Um, wow. and uh yeah, the thing was the thing was awesome. I still have it to this day. I will not I will not sell it. Um I can I started uh buying some like mash ammo for it. Um I didn't even really know what that meant, but the guy at Cabela's was like, Hey, you need to buy some, you know, like ac- really accurate ammo. And I was like, Okay. Well, you still have that gun? I still have it. Oh yeah. Well, and I, I, and I did not know that. We need to shoot it sometime. Yeah, and I tapped the barrel. So I can suppress it. And that thing suppressed. Oh, dude, it oh, is nice. It's, it's very nice. Um, and it's did you very put a active. muzzle device on it or did you just thread it? No, I, I put a muzzle device on it. Really? I've got, okay. I got a surefire uh, three prong. That's very yeah. cool. Dude. It's, yeah, we should definitely, we should definitely shoot that sometime. Yep. Shooting. I should normally shoot some uh, 69 grain, uh hollow point boat tail. Hollow point boat tail. And uh, dude, I've gotten a 0.58 MOA group out of that gun. Really? Five oh, shot fifty dollar rifle. Uh-huh. Yep. And a two hundred fifty dollar cool. piece of glass. Yeah. It's it's so pretty, pretty slick. So when did you I mean at that point, I, I know I, I mean I know some of your backstory or, or a lot of it, I guess. Um, at what point did you get into like training? Like yeah, the type of stuff that we do now, or even just the appreciation for um or or prioritizing like uh, like I'll say it like a, like a fighting gun, right? Um, mm-hmm. like a gun that's going to stand up to, um, being like defensive in nature, um, and stuff like that. What, what got you into all that? Yeah. So, so kind of moving, you know, a year past. So I was, you know, 14 years old is 2013. Uh, I got the bolt action rifle. It was super cool. Um, but very shortly after that, my best friend got a pistol. And so that was, that opened up like a whole new world. So, okay. um, 15 years old. I wanted a pistol. Um, and back then, you know, back in 2014, um, for those of you who may not know, um, please send your condolences to me because I'm a left-handed shooter. And, uh, back in 2014, there were not a lot of options for left, like ambidextrous guns, uh, handguns, um, gen four Glocks, uh, MMP 1.0, the 2.0 was not out yet. Um, CZP 10 C's did not exist. Um, it, yeah, there, there really wasn't many options. I think the HK VP nine maybe existed, but I, I, it was so expensive. It was like 800 bucks. Uh, so sure enough, I got a SIG P320. That was, that was my very first handgun. I wanted it in 45 ACP, but they did not have it. 
So I had to settle for 40 because nine was super weak and sissy. Um, you know, cause knockdown power and stuff. Um, and then shortly and shortly after that, uh, I think a year later, um, 2015, I got my first AR. Um, and what was that, that gun? And that was actually, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm a hardcore researcher. So I did, I'd done a bunch of research online and YouTube videos and stuff like that. Um, about like ARs and stuff. Cause my older brother bought one, uh, SIG, uh, M 400. And, uh, it, I was like totally hooked on that thing. And so I was like, well, I need to get an AR now. And, um, so I, I found out that you can buy ARs in separate pieces, right? Yeah. You can have, you okay. can have the upper complete upper sent to your, you know, your door, but then the lower receiver is what you have to, you know, have transferred at an FFL. And I knew that. So that's what I did. So I actually ordered, um, a 16 inch BCM rifle, um, and then a PSA complete lower. So hey, yeah, bad. yeah, not bad. And so that, that purchase was pivotal for me because what was included in that BCM, uh, com, you know, complete upper package, uh, like really opened my eyes to like the world of like tactical stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, they included shout out to BCM, you know, they're local to us here in Wisconsin. I've owned several of their rifles, just super, super squared away rifles. Uh, love them. Um, but they included two hats, a t-shirt, a calendar, and then they also included three of the Magpul DVDs. So, wow. um, yeah, so okay. way of the rifle or art of the rifle, whatever it was called, Travis Haley, Pat Rogers, you know, doing CQB, yep. stuff like that. Um, and I watched those over and over and over. And that was just like to see, like to see Travis doing stuff like fast, like yeah. he reloads, you know, two, two, four, two, two. Yep. And oh man, dude, like stuff, it was, yeah. I just, I couldn't, I literally had like a little portable DVD player and I just watched him like every single night. Um, and then, yeah. And then like watching Pat Rogers full multicam with these, you know, like SWAT dudes and Ranger green and night vision and stuff. It was, you know, live fire shoot houses. And back in like 2015, like that was, that was some pretty, like that was some hot stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah so that got me hooked on like the more tactical side of things. So from like, so from like 2014 up to like 2018, um, I was just really heavy into tactical stuff. Um, I had found James Yeager on YouTube, uh, RIP, right? Um, but just followed him like religiously. And then I also found like Jerry Michalek. So I had kind of been exposed to the competition side of things. But okay, back then it was kind of like, eh, I don't like it's competition. Like, eh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I never really played sports competitively growing up. Uh, I'm a competitive person, but I did more like snowboarding, working, that kind of stuff. So I was not like super you know, into like sports. Did um, you find a uh, top shot back then as well or no? Mm -mm. Nope. Okay. Interesting. Nope. Yep. Yeah. Cause we, I didn't, I didn't watch a ton of TV growing up. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was working a lot and that's kind of how I was able to afford all these guns, you know, at a relatively young age, I was working a lot. Uh, I was actually making uh, some, some pretty good money. And so that's kind of one of the, uh, one of the ways I schemed my way into convincing my parents to like, let me buy, you know, a handgun and an AR at 15 years old, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, yeah. So from like 20, 2015 to like 2018, uh, I was just really having the tactical stuff, but I didn't, I didn't buy a shot timer. I didn't really care. It's not that I didn't care about performance, but like 
it wasn't that important to me to like get really, really good and focus on the skill. I wanted to buy the gear, plate carriers, night vision. Like I got really into that because you know, like mm-hmm. growing up playing war, that kind of stuff. I was really into that. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was uh, in 2018 uh, when things changed completely for me. And that was when I got married. Um, so I got married uh, to the love of my life and kind of looked myself in the mirror and it was like, Hmm. I'm responsible for this for like another human being and like my hands don't feel um, it doesn't feel enough to protect her in every way I can. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I need to like carry a gun like everywhere. Uh, So that was like the first time that I'd really like processed concealed carry. And so I was 19 years old at the time, got married really young and I was like, well, I need to do this because it's my responsibility as a husband to protect her and to protect myself. And so, uh, I started carrying, uh, it's illegal in the state of Wisconsin to carry under 21, but I didn't care. Um, because you know, that was more important to me. So very first gun Taurus G2C. Um, mm, yeah, it's nice. It's, it's, it's pain for sure. Uh, in a, we, the people holsters that I got on nice. Amazon. Nice. Yep. I had um, one of those. Yeah, you think not the I tourists, would... but the we the people. Yeah, no, that's that's only half as bad. Yeah, you think well, I, I mean, bypassed... they 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 do a good job with the with their SEO. I mean, if yes. you Google holsters, like they yeah. come up. So, They're like I the mean, first one. Props to them. Props to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you think I would have bypassed the stereotype a little bit by buying a BCM as my first AR? But yeah, I I still big F on that one. Um, but yeah, so that was so that was kind of the pitiful pivotal point for me was uh, getting married and really feeling the weight and the responsibility of protecting her. Um, so that was when, and that was, and that was similar to the time where I, like I found T-Rex arms. Right. Um, and I started getting exposed to more of the world of like Instagram. Um, yeah. funny enough, I actually started a YouTube channel back then because I thought that I knew some stuff. Um, you know, Dunning Kruger effect, uh, in full effect, believe yep. me. Um, and uh, so, yeah, those videos still exist. I might have to make them public one of these days um, because they are quite uh, they're quite cringy and entertaining. I believe you. Um, yeah. Gun reviews, you know, total gun tuber, like just. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was right around the time, you know, I bought a shot timer um, and I started like doing like draws and stuff like that. And that was like that was kind of the the beginning Um, so for two years, I kind of just like, I kind of just like did my own thing. Uh, I was lucky enough to, um, you know, have some land that my father-in-law owned that kind of, he kind of just gave me, let me use for my own range. Um, so that was super cool. Something that I think is pretty unique and pretty rare for a lot of people to just like have a bunch of land to like, just make a sweet, awesome range. And that was something I had. So, um, I spent two years, um, kind of just honing in like myself, my own skills uh, without taking any classes or anything like that. Um, And then it was in, uh, it was in 2020. That was when um, things like really started to shift in my shooting. Um, I shot my first match in January of 2020. Um, Which is only exactly four years ago today. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So four years ago. So relatively recent uh, as far as like, 
competition shooting. Um, and then that year I also took uh, my first class. So uh, my first class was with Bear Solutions, um, Drew Estel. Um, still big fan of that guy. Um, I think he does a lot of good stuff. He has a great YouTube channel and puts out a lot of great content. Um, but yeah, I took his class pistol one and two down in Tennessee and cool enough, uh, uh, funny enough, my, my wife actually took that class with me. <laughs> so okay. the very yeah, first nice. class I ever took, uh, my wife took it with me. So that was kind of cool. Cause, um, shortly after I started carrying, I was, I looked at her and I was like, Mm, yeah, you need to start carrying too. And she wanted to, you know, she grew up on a farm. So she, you know, she kind of shot guns and was pretty comfortable around them. So, um, you know, we'll that's have to fortunate, maybe have, that's fortunate that not, that's not the story for everybody. I know. I know. I, I was actually just talking to her the other day. We might have to get her on for a podcast to talk about like her journey, like in shooting, uh, taking classes. Cause she's taken several classes with me. So it's kind of, she kind of has a cool perspective on things, but, um, yeah. So I took that class and, um, as you know, like has it, I was like one of the best shooters in the class. Um, I was the only guy running appendix. Um, I had, you know, I was running a, a tier one concealed axis, uh, slim, um, black neon green, like, you know, with a CZ P10C, like super okay. hipster. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, I actually met a couple of guys in there that I'm still friends with to this day, but, um, yeah, it turned out to be, I, I, uh, I didn't win. So I can't say I was the best shooter in the class. Cause I did not win like top shot either day, but I was in, t- I was, I would made it to the, the, the second highest round uh, or the highest right. round and lost to the winner uh, on both days. So um, yeah. So it kind of, kind of goes to show like you could do a lot on your own if you have the right resources. Um, but taking, taking that initial class, like really like his class made a lot of sense to me and a lot of things resonated with me that I did not know specifically grip. Like my grip, I did not have that dialed at all. Um, there were so many things that I was like, that he was talking about, um, you know, leverage friction, um, how your gun behaves, you know, different grip pressures, stuff like that. I was just like, like, it was just way over my head. I'd never even thought about any of that before. I was just like, Mm. Oh, like try to get the gun back on target as fast as I can. Right. Like muscle it. Um, and that's what I did. I I muscle. We've talked, I'm sure that'll come up in one of these days, um, about a bad habit. I kind of, uh, formed doing that you know, pushing into the gun a lot. Um, so yeah, uh, I'd taken a couple classes, um, over the years, uh, with, you know, a couple different folks across the country. Um, but yeah, that kind of, Fast forwarded to now, um, I uh, had a previous company doing some uh, some teaching locally, uh, doing some other stuff in manufacturing and uh, media and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind that's of cool, my man. story. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, like you were getting into it back in like 2014, right? Um, and then six years later is when you finally or when you really first started taking it like really seriously i would say um and then uh let's see i mean getting into performance shooting at the same time kind of um to a degree um i think you're much more into that now even than in 2020 um certainly um i i think you and i connected on instagram did we decide it was 2020 or was it 2019 uh, it was 2019 actually. Okay. Was, yeah. Was, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. even, even since then, I mean, I know that you and I and our perspectives on a lot of stuff has changed tremendously. I remember when I first connected with you on Instagram, it was, um, it was like a lot of like play carriers and helmets and night vision oh, yeah. and, and like prepared 
uh, citizen and like fight tyranny and all that stuff, oh, yeah. uh, which is, uh, I mean, like, I mean, I agree with that, you know, and I, you still do too. Um, but, um, I, I think a lot of that was still informing your range days. Um, mm-hmm. whereas now like, yeah, my, my shooting looks a really, lot different. My range yeah. look a lot different than they did back in, in 2019. That is for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I know you don't really, you don't really care about that stuff as much. Like you're out there doing the exact same thing as I am. You're just trying to get better at the shooting part. And then, um, yeah. like at the end of the day, like, yeah, like we're still, like we still have plate carriers and helmets and, mm-hmm. uh, suppressors and all that stuff. I mean, that's still cool, but yeah, uh, cause, cause it's not what's was, driving the range day anymore. Right. Yeah. Because growing up, right. Like being just so into like war and military airsoft, like tactical James Yeager, Pat Rogers, like all that stuff. I was just so, I was so, uh, attracted to that. And so then when I found like yeah. T-Rex arms, you know, Lucas being who he is like love him, hate him. Um, you know, I resonated with him cause I was just a normal dude, just like he was. And so seeing him run around in kit and stuff, I was like, yep i like that and so yeah um that kind of drove yeah a lot of you know well, and, and it's the easiest way to it's the easiest way to like be like who you see right is to buy the same stuff right right, right. like i mean oh like lucas is running around in plate carriers and stuff and shooting really fast so if i buy a plate carrier then like boom like i instantly look uh like have like the same look um so, yeah, I get that. And also, like, being a kid, even just being really obsessed with gear and guns and stuff, it, it was always about, like, what you could buy, right? Because right. you couldn't do any of those things. Like, you weren't actually going on raids. Yeah, um, like, I, I didn't have access to live fire shoot houses. Like, I, right. you know, But I if you had a cooler them. airsoft gun than the next guy, then you were cooler yeah. than him, right? Exactly. So, if you had yeah. a plate carrier and a cool face mask, like, man, that's all that mattered is, is, yeah. is how you looked instant instant street cred so uh yeah i can i can definitely see how that carries over for a lot of people and for some people it's 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 still carried over and i think they need to maybe look at getting out of that mindset but um yeah cool um so about you man yeah so i um i have a pretty short history with guns so um like yeah growing up like we had some guns like a 22 like i think my dad had a a ruger mark IV or whatever they are like the old little like target pistols i think that was the only handgun we had in the house um and like i pretty much never shot that maybe like one time maybe two um we had a couple of bolt action single shot um winchester like bolt action rifles um that i would like shoot groundhogs with um or squirrels and uh that was pretty much it like that was that was pretty much my only exposure to guns we had a couple shotguns that my dad had from back when he used to like hunt pheasants in Iowa. Um, but he got out of that a really long time ago. And so those guns just pretty much sat there and didn't get used um, at all. I hunted growing up, but I bow hunted. So like, again, not much exposure to guns, um, but I did always think they were cool. So like when I was a kid, um, I knew what a Beretta M9 uh, looked mm-hmm. like. I didn't know what it was called, um, but I knew what it looked like. And um, like, I thought that was the coolest gun ever. Um, and then later on, I, figured out what a Glock was probably when I was probably in like 10th grade, maybe. Um, and I was like, Oh Glock, like that's cool. And like looked into it a little bit and realized that like a lot of like police and military guys use Glock. And I was like, okay, that's, that's really cool. Um, and I thought those were pretty neat. Um, and that was it. Like that was, that was my extent. Like I didn't know anything about AR 15s, um, like nothing. And, uh, I went to college and obviously, you can't carry on college campuses um, anywhere. 
Um, and, uh, but I got exposed to guns when I was in college. So there was actually a shooting team for my school. Um, and they would shoot essentially, uh, I think the main thing was steel challenge. I think they also shot the, um, Oh crap. What are they? The GSSF matches. Is that what is like oh, the Glock? Yeah. yeah like interesting. Yeah. Bullseye or something matches. I don't know. Um, but mostly I think they shot steel challenge. Um, and then occasionally I think they would shoot this USPSA match. Um, Hmm. That was that was nearby. And uh, so I got the opportunity to go with them to a um, to a to a steel challenge match one time. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. Um, I'd never shot steel before. Um, and then one of the summers that I was in college, I worked for um, this camp that our that the, the university put on for um, kids. It was called like an edu camp. Right. And so kids could pick like these different tracks or whatever. And there was a shooting like camp, essentially. And so like you went and learned how to shoot 22s um, and uh, 22 rifles. And then you got some exposure to shooting like nine mil handguns and five, five, six ARs, um, oh, which cool. was really cool. And so I was a counselor and I was like, whoa, like, I want to, I want to do that. Like, yeah, you know, I like shooting. So yeah. um, I signed up to be the counselor for that. And because, you know, I was there for everything, I got to, I got to be exposed to everything. So this one dude, um, his name's Nate. So shout out to Nate if he's watching this. Um, but he was like the first person ever to show me how to actually hold a pistol um, to where like the slide wouldn't like cut my hand mm -hmm. and i was like oh dang like he just showed me like a very basic like thumbs forward grip like nope like don't wrap that here just like lay these thumbs right next to each other get really high squeeze really tight with your support hand and all this stuff and uh i started you know shooting some of their pistols i was like whoa this is this is not that hard like like i think my only interaction with pistols before was just being really afraid of like the slide essentially yeah yeah um, so once I learned it was not very hard, I was like, oh, this is really cool. This seems like something I could get into. And then here's these guys who are uh, also my age on like the shooting team. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, so after that, I went to a steel challenge match with them. Um, got to like watch how that goes down. I was like, that's really cool. I got to shoot a couple stages um, with, you know, borrowing somebody else's gun. It, it was actually an MMP, which is cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I was like, this is pretty cool. So that was actually my first exposure to competition of any sort. Um, so what year, what, what, what year was that when you that first had to be back in college, 20, 2017 or 2018, I think it was 2018. Okay. okay. Um, so later that year, uh, end of 2018, I decided to buy a pistol. So, um, I had gone to take my concealed carry uh, class in South Carolina before I even owned a handgun. Um, I was like, I think it's wise to just like take the class um, and then maybe like the instructors or whatever can help me make a decision on purchasing a handgun, um, mm -hmm. which they didn't really. Um, but when I was shooting the qual, I was shooting just like the rental gun from uh, from the, the range. And it was a it was a Glock 19 um, and I was shooting it and a Glock was like what I wanted to buy. So, which is really interesting for people, anybody who knows uh, me knows that I'm a very, very diehard MNP fan. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy like a Glock 19. And um, I had asked to borrow one and I was using it and it kept malfunctioning, like, like no joke, it was malfunctioning so bad. And then it finally had a catastrophic malfunction and like the gun was like con completely didn't work. And I actually don't remember what it was because I didn't know malfunctions back then, but they were like, yeah, this gun is inoperable and you can't use it. Let me go get you a different gun. Wow. And, um, 
the instructor, uh, one of the instructors had an MP 2.0 compact. This was like right after it had been released. He was like, these guns are actually really cool. Do you want to try mine? I was like, sure, I'll try it. So I picked it up and I was like, oh yeah, this is great. I immediately like shooting it better. And I knew nothing about guns. So um, that was actually my first exposure to MPs. Uh, shot the rest of the qual with it. Um, later that summer bought uh, MP 2.0 compact, which like we've done a video on. Uh, anybody who knows me from Instagram or whatever knows that gun. Um, and yeah, that was my first gun that I, that I ever, well, uh, I bought a 22 when I was a kid, but that was like the first real gun that I'd ever bought. And that was, mm -hmm. uh, late, uh, late 2018. So, okay. uh, 2019, um, I kind of just, uh, derped around a little bit. Um, like I didn't, I, 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 sh I shot, I, I started training. I, I took some classes um, and I started dry firing, um, but I didn't do anything with performance stuff. Like it was all defensive stuff. So I shouldn't say derped around. Like I was, I was pretty serious about it, but I wasn't like really serious about getting good. I just wanted to be like squared away. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, so uh, 2019 was, I took a, a couple training classes from people that listeners of this show will probably uh, recognize people like uh, Mark Smith and uh, Nick Young, um, an old company that doesn't really do classes anymore. Aaron Brumley. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. Back, back in the, back in those days, it was, it was pretty much those guys. So um, got into training a little bit in 2019 and then 2020 was when I actually started shooting matches. So, when so I you, and matches, I, you and I, shot our first match within like two weeks of each other yeah jan literally january 2020 yep. Yep. yep 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 which is crazy um so i shot a match uh i got invited out to that and um i had shot like an idpa outlaw match it wasn't even a real idpa match and i thought that was like super super fun um yeah. it was really hard for me to believe that i could like run around with a gun and shoot stuff and one of the biggest things for me was realizing that the targets were like not very far away Right. And so even if you're not that good of a shooter, like you can still hit the targets right. um, because there's a lot of targets that are, you know, 10 yards and closer or you can get that close to them. So I was like, this is really cool. And I'm like good enough to shoot this. And so I, I was shooting a couple of those matches and then I shot USPSA and I was like, OK, this is way more fun um, because there weren't all the uh, weird like engagement rules. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So I got into USPSA in 2020, um, literally just competing out of a safari land bucket holster and a big padded HSG eye belt. Um, and then like literally that year, by the end of the year, I had um, like a blue alpha uh, battle belt, um, uh, Ragnarok and good mag carriers. And uh, like, I was actually finally running like pretty decent gear. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of my journey into the performance world. Um, once I started shooting matches, it was pretty much game over. It was like, I totally understand why this is really good for your shooting. Um, I absolutely got into shooting matches because I wanted it to make me better as a concealed carrier and a defensive shooter. Um, and it 100% was. And I was suddenly like having all this homework that I could do. Like I wasn't uh, running out of things to work on in the range and I had things to work towards. I had things to drive fire towards and like, it was, it just opened a ton of doors for me and it has been informing my practice ever since, yeah. um, is like my ability to perform in a match. So, um, that was, yeah, that, that's kind of my background, I guess. Um, so, uh, a little bit long-winded, but, um, so let's talk about a little bit how you and I started connecting and, um, and then how we started hanging out and, uh, shooting together. Um, 
we, yeah, so we mentioned we connected towards um, the end of 2019 on Instagram. Um, I we, We've done a deep dive into our Instagram uh, chat history, which took a while. It took um, a very, but very long time. We had, we had a long road trip. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we connected a long time ago. And essentially, like, pretty sure I was messaging you, like, why do you have a PEC 15 on your rifle when you don't have nods? No, 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 like no, 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 no. It was even before that. It was, was it really? It, yeah. So I had posted a picture. It was like one of the very first classes I ever did. And it was like a lot of my buddies with like two strangers. It was like six people and it was like four of my buddies. And then like two strangers, it was like, like a pistol class that I was doing. And, um, and I posted a picture of me like teaching, and you you commented or oh, I think you, yeah. you sent it to me in as a DM and you were like, hey, man, like just find your page. Cool stuff. Like how long have you how long have you been an instructor? Because like I want to be an instructor. Uh, and, I, yes. and I was okay. I was like, bro, I'm like not even an instructor, but like I kind of am, you know, like I, I was kind of like, oh, well, I'm an instructor. So let me tell you a thing or two. Um, no, I, I didn't really say that, but, um, yeah, that's, that's what it was. That was our very first interaction. You were like, Oh, okay. dude, you that's look hilarious. like an instructor. How do you, how did you do it? You know, it was, yeah, it was pretty funny. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. so yeah, that we just, we just kind of kept up a friendship over Instagram. Uh, like I do with many people to this day, just DMing and you know, whatever. We've um, had lots of arguments over Instagram texting. Like yeah, many, like, many. Mo mostly about like politics i feel like or yeah gear. yeah um, almost none about shooting because we yeah. didn't care about that as much yeah. um which is funny yeah um, like you were you were literally i mean you were totally shaming me for having a pec 15 before i, I was managed, which was very it was very cringy but um yeah it little, were, i mean it was, a little, it was a little cringy but yeah you were you were like bro that's so dumb and i'm like whatever <laughs> dude you don't even you don't even have a like a rifle yet so true i didn't have a rifle i don't, I didn't I don't think you plates i didn't yet. have anything <laughs> i don't even think i had a belt honestly so Man. yeah i was uh i was full-on like concealment or bust yeah um so uh getting kind of leading up to 2020 you had been planning a uh what you're calling a winter shoot right 2021 um, yep. yep or 2021 yeah okay so yep. 2021 um and Let's see. So you had invited like a handful of guys, right? It was like maybe six or seven guys uh, mm -hmm. to come out to your place and do some shooting. Um, and so uh, you actually got me to come up um, and I flew up and met you. And that was when we actually first met in person. And like the first time we'd ever like uh, shot together or anything like that. Um, yep. And uh, I was living in South Carolina at the time. Um, but we hit it off like in person right away. Um, I'm still amazed that you flew all the way from South Carolina to Wisconsin for that. It's pr it's pretty crazy. It's, it's pretty it's crazy. crazy. When you I, texted and you were like, I might be coming. I was like, no, no, you're not. And then you were like, no, I have plane tickets. I'm like, what? Cause yeah. two of the guys were from Minnesota and then a couple of the other guys were from Wisconsin. Uh -huh. so, it was really local. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty local. Um, yeah, that was, that was a fun trip though. We packed yeah. a lot of people into your little apartment, but, yeah. um, yeah, so we did that. That was the first time I met you and hung out. We connected, like we uh, got along like right away. Um, and then, uh, so then fast forward to 2022, uh, no, actually the end of 2021. Um, I 
so I was teaching for a company called Spectrain. Um, I had been shooting matches. I met Billy Barton, which probably a lot of you guys know, um, at a match. And he invited me to come out to a class um, and asked me if there would, you know, if I'd ever consider uh, teaching. And teaching was something that I definitely had thought about getting into. I was interested in getting into. Um, and so I ended up taking a class with them and then kind of uh, just kind of shadowing a few classes. And that was when... Um, I met uh, Chrissy Rudia, good friend of mine, um, and he got hired at Vortex Edge uh, very shortly after I got hired by Spectrain. So he actually left, um, sold his company to Billy, and Billy now runs that company, uh, Spectrain. Um, and uh, I was like, wow, that's like a really cool opportunity for him. I'm, that sounds like a dream job, all this stuff. Like, that's really cool. Um, and Chris was gone, and he moved to Wisconsin. He was teaching, you know, shooting classes full time. So um, about a year after that, um, or leading up to the kind of the, the one year after that, Chris started texting me. He was like, yo, we're adding instructor slots at edge. Um, would you ever consider, you know, applying for that? And I was like, bro, no, like there's no way, like I, I knew kind of his resume and some, and some of what he'd done. And I was like, there's no way that they would uh, go for that. And, um, kind of long story short, I ended up applying and got in um, and uh, got hired there at Vortex. So for the last two years, um, I've been the uh, lead pistol instructor at Vortex Edge, um, which is the training division of Vortex Optics, for those of you who don't know. Um, and then uh, just this past year, um, back in September, uh, I left Vortex and now I'm doing gateway defense full time. So um, I guess that skips a little bit, but uh, kind of this past year, well, I guess it's 2024 now. So happy new year, everybody. But, uh, 2023, um, it was, uh, late spring, summer, you and I started hanging out and started doing actual, uh, videos, right? Like it, like it was really actually, cool. we started doing them in like January. It was okay. like January we started, we started and we were just doing it for like our own pages. And like you had a YouTube channel and I was starting a YouTube channel. And so we were so like, yeah, funny. let's just film videos for each other. Yeah. So I actually, so for my, my previous company, I actually needed a media guy and I was like, Brendan, would you ever That's be right. willing to, to be my media guy? I can't pay you much. And then you were like, well, you know, just don't pay me at all. Just film content for me. And I was like, yeah. that's a, that's totally a fair trade. And yeah. that's, that's how that started. Yeah. That's right. And so we were, we were doing a fair bit of that. Yep. Um, and then one day I remember we had been shooting at your range and we were, uh, like, warming up in the car because it was really cold and we started talking about this idea of potentially launching a youtube channel where uh you were essentially going to be the full-time videographer um i would be uh ending up kind of in front of the camera a lot you'd be behind the camera and doing these videos uh and like instead of trying to separate it up into my content and your content like let's just put our heads together and make good content together uh under one channel and um gateway defense was the name um, what uh, was the name of the, the company that I had picked out like years ago at, as like a training company name, um, that I had never, never gotten started. And I brought that up during a conversation and, uh, it stuck and like, we couldn't get, we, we couldn't get it out of our heads. It's like gateway defense. Like that's, that's a really good, that's a really good name. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And, and so we were, there was, there was a push at least from, from my end to, to get on YouTube because, yeah. Like the world of Instagram, there's a lot of really great content. There's also a lot of really bad content, but yeah. um, like a lot of the training world, the training industry, a lot of the gun industry is on Instagram. Yeah. And 
I think you've experienced this a lot as well as it, it can become an echo chamber really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, you can reach people with differing views. Um, but like from our experiences, you know, both of us, I mean, you, you have, you know, like 10,000 followers. So you, you have a good bit of exposure, but like for the most part, unless you have like 50 to a hundred thousand like followers, you're not getting like, you're not getting all of these people that are not of the same mindset as you, right? Like a lot of yeah. the people we talk to, uh, you know, or interact with on Instagram for, you know, on a normal basis, daily basis, um, think very similarly, but the world yeah. of YouTube is such a different crowd. It is, yeah. it is, it is wildly different. It's just, it's a completely different world. And I'm attracted to that. Cause I want to, I want to like get, I mean, whatever bad content you see on Instagram times that by 10, and that's not what's on YouTube. Like the amount Agreed. of bad content on YouTube is so much worse than Instagram. Yeah. Like it's, or just even the level of skill from yeah, it's so uh, bad. the shooters. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. And so I was so. telling you, Brendan, I was like, cause I have a YouTube channel, a uh, personal YouTube channel. Um, never really got off the ground. It's got like 1500 subscribers or something, but I was telling you, I'm like, dude, you should, you should get into YouTube. And like, I would help you film your videos. Um, because you know, we need to do some longer. That was another thing is long form content on Instagram doesn't work like it's, it's just great. it's it's not great right and right. you and i were very passionate about training and a lot of like deep you know deep dives into training principles and uh methodologies and stuff like that it takes a time to talk about it and to dive yep. into it and you just can't really get into that on instagram and so um yeah that was kind of where we like looked at each other it's like okay i could film youtube videos for you and you could film them for me or we could just kind of like combine forces and yep that's how Gateway was born. Yeah. So we, yeah, we decided to weird. to just both contribute equally to the, you know, one YouTube channel, put, make videos about stuff that we cared about. Um, and the big push there was, was performance shooting. Right. And so mm -hmm. we wanted to, we wanted to make performance shooting, um, well, one, a little bit more normal. Um, YouTube, I think is still pretty stuck in like, uh, plate carriers. Right. Um, and, uh, so we wanted to make performance shooting a little bit normal. We wanted to kind of show people like how to get into it as well. Um, like what even is performance shooting? I think we're maybe going to talk about that here in a second. Um, but uh, yeah, so we had been doing the YouTube channel. Um, and then when I left Vortex, uh, it made a lot of sense for me to uh, jump into kind of opening the training side of it as well. Um, and it was like, we talked about it, it was like, yep, makes a lot of sense to open it under the same, uh, the same name. Um, so yeah, that's how gateway defense training was born essentially. Um, so, uh, now, um, that's my full-time job is, is teaching. Um, Justin, obviously you're, you're, you're with me as, as much as you can be, you have a full-time job still, but, um, yeah, we're traveling the country, teaching classes all over. Uh, Two-day performance pistols are a flagship class, which is the one that we enjoy the most um, and is the most fun, I think, to teach. Uh, we also have two-day performance rifle. We've got a concealment mechanics class, um, and we've got a USPSA or like competition shooting clinic type deal that we'll do as well. Um, and then around here locally in Wisconsin, I think we'll probably start offering some um, other classes as well, some more entry-level classes. Um, for some of those, you know, places that we don't have to travel so far to, but, um, yeah, so far looking forward to this new year, um, which I can't believe it's the new year, but looking forward to this year, 2024, um, we have a lot of classes scheduled. We're going everywhere from California to Arizona, to North Carolina, Georgia, um, 
yeah, a, bu a bunch of other places too that I'm forgetting. So um, really looking forward to that. Hopefully we run into some of you guys. Um, hopefully we run into some podcast listeners or some uh, YouTube uh, subscribers or something. I think that would be pretty awesome. So um, yeah, I think that, I don't know. Does that kind of catch us up, Justin? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of how it started. I mean, like, I think it's, I think it's cool. Like looking at kind of how his gateway started. I mean, it was, it was, it was an idea, you know, back in March, uh, you know, of 2022 or 2023. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. 2023. Um, and we actually like started filming in like April. I mean, it was so it like it, we didn't launch till like August. And so like, it was, it was a lot of front end work and, uh, and all that, but, I think it's cool to, to kind of look at like the little niche that we fill and kind of what our priority is. And that's, I also think it's, it's something like, even as far as this podcast is concerned, um, it's something that we saw, like a lack that we saw was like a push for performance shooting, competitive shooting, stuff like that, yeah. that really is, which we'll get talk about this in a little bit, but it's how it's really directly applicable to, defensive shooting, uh, concealed carry tactical shooting. Right. Um, and like at the end of the day, shooting, shooting. Um, but it's really hard to get people to think that like that is cool. Cause it takes a lot of work, right? Like mm -hmm. building skill in anything, it takes a lot of work. And so when you yeah. start talking about the process of doing that, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not as much fun anymore, but if we can kind of like take that broccoli and like throw some chocolate over it, right. Make it look cool chocolate covered broccoli. Like they think they're biting into chocolate, but it turns out it's actually broccoli and uh, you know, it's good for them, for them to learn and everything. Yeah. Um, and cause you know, I look up to a lot of the, you know, media giants in the industry, you know, Charles Vernier, Chad, um, you know, yeah. all those guys um, that have had, you know, a ton of experience and, um, and I've talked to those guys a lot about different stuff and the, the amount of information, inspiration, um, you know, education that you can relay even just through media and through like cinema mm -hmm. is incredible. Like think yeah. about some of the most impactful movies, you know, that like have actually changed culture just because it was a movie that was done about something. Right. Um, and so being able to blend that with like both of our expertise, especially your, you know, background as an instructor, a professional yeah. instructor uh, to kind of blend those two worlds, like, man, like it's, I, I think it's really cool, but at the end of the day, it's also stuff we're just passionate about. So it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of easy, you know, to just, to yeah. just talk about it and make videos about it. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, and, and yeah. hopefully too, like be, even just from this intro, just talking about what you guys can expect from this podcast, like, like there will be a huge focus on training and the process of getting better because that's honestly what like you and I nerd out about the most. Um, but like you, like you said, we're bringing in a lot of perspective of you know, buying and selling and saving for a lot of really nice gear, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, whatever, like all this stuff on my wall, like I didn't, I didn't start with that. Like most of that okay. stuff I added this past year, probably honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and does any of that stuff like make you shoot that much better? No, no, no. And, and like at the end of the day, like I probably grab the simplest rig that I can when I go yeah. shooting. Uh, let's see. I can't point that, uh, that belt right up there. there uh, that's like my USPSA belt. Right. And, um, like it's got a holster and two pistol mag pouches and a rifle mag pouch. And like, that's it. Um, and I grab like my most simple gun, uh, just like a basic M and P with an SRO on it. And, uh, yep. 
some mags and like that's it and like i leave all the rest of this crap here um it's cool it all serves a purpose i have all of it for a reason but i mean at the end of the day like you and i are just kind of really passionate about training but then we, we get into the gear side a little bit and then like you said uh we also approach things i think from an instructor standpoint um i <laughs> i have a lot of hours now under my belt uh from just teaching people everything from entry level stuff to um advanced pistol stuff carbine night vision all that stuff um really cool um but it's kind of allowed me to develop also like what i like to teach um and so i would like i'm not a long-range guy at all so i'm not claiming to have ever taught long range um but i would i would help out with those classes quite a bit and help get people zeroed and validate data and you know all of those things and and learn how to be a spotter on all these things and like uh that's really cool i have experience doing that but that's not what we're passionate about so we're bringing you just the stuff that like justin and i both really enjoy doing so hopefully you guys see that and hopefully that comes through clearly um yeah i think uh are we missing anything on that i think we've we've blabbered on long enough about about us um unless you have anything to add no no not okay really. um let's let's talk a little bit um so, so that this podcast is not just about us um let's talk a little bit about um performance shooting um we talked, I, I mentioned before, you know, trying to almost, almost help redefine performance shooting. I think there's maybe, uh, that's maybe kind of a buzzword. Um, maybe it started out as a really good thing. Maybe it's getting misunderstood a lot. Um, and at the end of the day, like, I don't, I don't like to get into like terms too much. Like, oh, well, what do you define this as? You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. Um, but what does matter is what we're doing and what the goal is. Um, and so I think if we could maybe let's, let's have a discussion about defensive shooting or like tactical shooting versus performance shooting or competition shooting like what is the difference why why is there a difference what are people freaking out about and what's our what's our stance on it what's our take on it and like what are you going to expect from the channel what are you going to expect from you know a class a gateway defense class um what do you what, what do you how, how do you want to kick off this conversation yeah so i mean <clears throat> It's, I mean, we can honestly just like dive right into it. I mean, you and I, you and I got into this because of concealed carry. Yeah. Right. So I think it's important to understand or at least try to think about like different perspectives. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, buddy of ours, you know, Trevor, um, the dude's a sniper in the guard. Um, he has his own perspective on things, you know, going yep. through sniper school and like the different experiences he has. Um, and he may differ on some things than we do. Um, but that dude has enormous amount of experience. And so I think it's important to just understand like where experience comes in and you know, how valuable that is and where that translates to like skill and training and perspective and stuff and stuff like that. So you and I, our perspective and experience is from normal Joe's normal dudes. Uh, neither of us have mill or LE experience. Um, we're just normal Joe's that, you know, throw a gun and throws guns in our pants every day. Right. And that's mm -hmm. why we got into this. And so I feel like you and I can speak relatively confident about like the defensive style of like shooting and performance shooting. Cause those are the worlds that we're familiar with now, full disclaimer, neither of us have been in like self-defense shootings. So like, you know, we're not an expert on gun fights or anything like that, but like at the end of the day, we most people haven't though. Exactly. Also. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, friend of ours, Matt Adams, Eagle tactics, uh, he's a cop, 
And he like, he has different experiences on things too. And then he puts, you know, brings that into, uh, you know, the world of performance shooting and stuff like that. So I think it's in, I think it's important to just start off with that, but to just, to kind of just say it in like a one liner at the end of the day, shooting is shooting. Like, what does it come down to speed and accuracy? Like how is shooting measured? We, we talked about this in our very first YouTube video. What is performance shooting? Yeah. Uh, shout out to our YouTube channel. Go ahead and watch that video. It's a 50 minute long video. It's super long, but like it's we really literally good, cover. Yeah. We cover in depth what we're talking about right now. Yeah. And with like, if you were to just ask in layman's terms, what is performance shooting and how is it measured? Speed and accuracy. Yep. Right. It's using metrics to, to track your progress. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So like, then it comes into application. Yeah. Right. So once again, experience, we can start from the competitive side to concealed carry to law enforcement, to military or tactical, whatever. Um, you and I have, I would say relatively extensive experience shooting, you know, competition. We both have shot like 30 matches. We're both USPSA masterclass shooters. Um, and so if we are training specifically for competition, what is different about that than training specifically to um, be able to defend ourselves against, you know, any type of lethal, lethal threat, right? That we may have to use our concealed carry firearm for, right? So I mean, the, sh- the shooting portion is exactly the same. Like you've got to right. put your sights on target and pull the trigger without moving your sights and uh, get multiple hits on that target, you know depending on its size and difficulty. I mean, it's exactly the same. Right. The only thing that changes so, is really the the surrounding context. Right. Yeah, there's there's nuance to either one, right? Because like right. stage planning, um, you know, Matt Matt Adams, we were talking about, you know, this with him, that stage planning is actually a really good brain exercise and that it actually yeah. is more applicable in a tactical scenario than you might think, but I'm not yeah. going to get into that. But things like stage planning, hit factor, gamery stuff, that's a more of a nuance thing that you train for specifically for competitive shooting right yeah concealed carry uh you start talking about like low light maybe use of cover um you know more yep. uh tactic side of things uh medical that is all super important stuff that you should train but that's the nuance of like concealed carry neither one of those is uh is is 100 the bread and butter of what those things are right because when you when you really break it down like you just said Speed and accuracy. How fast can you put your rounds on target? How quickly and accurately can you put rounds on target? Yeah, exactly. And with with figuring out a measure those too, like that's that's one of the other things I think that we try to push a lot is is you've got to measure speed and accuracy on a sliding scale. So you can't just you know a, a lot of people will you know put performance shooting into like these fixed part time type drills it's like okay well do a build drill in two seconds it's like okay so like what are you defining as failure well if you're over two seconds it's a fail and if you have anything outside the alpha it's a fail it's like okay well i'm just going to shoot it a lot of times until i fail right but then it doesn't allow for it doesn't allow for any sort of sliding scale so if if i'm shooting it let's say i'm shooting it um clean every time and it's super clean um and let's say it's a really nice you know tight little group but uh you know i'm shooting it in exactly two and a half seconds over and over and that's just my my limit of capability and then another guy is shooting it um, with one charlie one or two charlies every single time but he shoots it in like a 1.6 right it's like well who's doing it better 
well, obviously this guy has speed. This guy has accuracy. So what is the correct blend of both of those? And what we are big into is hit factor, obviously, um, where you're doing points divided by time. And everything has to be measured kind of by that metric. And are there other times to score things, you know, other ways? Yes, absolutely. But um, for, the, for the large part, we're just trying to be able to build both of those skills up and up and up. And, and if you're measuring both of them, then you can isolate different things where it's like, okay, well, um, if Justin is shooting this much faster than me, but I'm shooting it much cleaner, then I probably need to work on speed and he probably needs to work on some marksmanship. Right. And it gives you like a, a roadmap to, to working on that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the core, that's exactly what we're trying to do, I think, uh, all the time. And what's funny is that if you talk to people of differing of differing opinion about, about this, right, like we'll just we'll just touch on like the defensive shooting yeah. like community for a second. If, if you were to have this conversation with them, have an intellectual conversation that is not, you know, raging with emotions and opinions, <clears throat> they would probably agree. Like, yeah, yeah. At the bare bones of it. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, how fast can you, can you get your gun out on target? And then they'll mingle in a bunch of tactics and stuff. But I think the key here, and I'm really, really excited to do like <clears throat> a podcast episode on like how to practice. Cause we, yeah. we will like really dive into this deep. Uh, we're kind of just grazing this or, you know, scratching the surface on this, but Something that I feel very, you know, strongly about is isolation. If you talk about, mm -hmm. you know, Olympic athletes, you talk about, you know, masters of any craft, they all say the same thing. It's isolate. Yep. Isolate what you're doing, right? Like <clears throat> you don't see football players working out in all their football gear. Correct. Right? right. Like they're isolated, even doing like footwork drills. Sometimes they'll have gear on, sometimes they won't. But if they are wearing gear, they're not wearing full gear. Like they just have like shoulder pads on or something. Right. right? Well, right. why did they do that? That's or if they're not, in the, that's if they're in the gym, right? Like exactly. they're not going to wear pads in the gym. But then from their argument, I would say, well, how come they're not wearing their full pad setup? Because that's what's going to happen in real life. It's not realistic. It, right. And, it's not, it, and yeah. the fact that simple answer is isolate. Like yeah. what is that doing for you? If you're trying to build muscle, like yeah. what's it, it's just hindering you. Right. And so if you're adding in <clears> tactics and all of these, these, you know, like nuanced range theatrics to your training. What is that? What is, what is your goal and what, how is that helping you? Right. Yeah. Right. Cause if, 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 if your goal is to score the range and like have some stress inoculation or something like go shoot force on force, why are you shooting on the flat range? Like that mm -hmm. is not the place to do stress inoculation. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like if right. you're working cover and all that stuff, like in a really dynamic environment, like go shoot airsoft guns or simunitions or something and do force on force. Cause that's, yeah. that's where you should do that. Right. Yeah. So the problem that we see is on the flat range, when you start mixing in all this, all this stuff, you start seeing the oil in the water, right. And they're not mixing, they're not blending. And you can see where it really hinders people. Um, and I would even go as far to say, uh, kind of the more LARPing, uh, you know, side of things. Like mm -hmm. I love LARPing. I love throwing on kit makes me look cool. makes me feel cool. Um, but at the end of the day, like it does not help my shooting at all. It only right. hinders it. It only hinders it. And I, should I, do you, I think that you should go and run in your kit to shake it out and see what works? Absolutely. But like, for don't start you, there. Don't start right. there. Exactly. Just isolate that out. And then when you go to the range and you shoot, isolate that out. Right. And that's yeah. why competitive shooting is in our, in our opinion, a very, very good solution to building the raw isolated skill of speed and accuracy. 
and yep. then being able to apply that to whatever context and application that you need to. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, that's really well said, man. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think we're going to get a lot, obviously we're going to, we're going to kind of get into this topic a lot in almost every podcast, probably sure. to some extent. Um, but, um, I think this is, I think this has honestly been a really good talk, um, of just kind of scratching the surface. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. Um, if like, like Justin said, if you haven't checked it out, we'll go watch our, what is performance shooting video, shameless plug for all the YouTube videos that we have on our channel here. Um, I, I in my opinion, they're all really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Um, yeah, man, I think, uh, honestly think that's, that's maybe, that's maybe about all I've got for this. Yeah. For this episode. We can't nerd out too much. We got to save some, uh, some meat for other episodes. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, one thing I will say guys is if you have, um, ideas for the podcast or I, I you know, topics that you want us to discuss, uh, please, please, please hit us up on, um, you know, on, on YouTube and in the comments of this video, um, or over on Instagram, get, you know, at gateway defense, or my personal Instagram or Justin's personal Instagram. We'll have it all linked here in the show notes. Um, if there's anything that you want us to talk about, feel free to DM us. And uh, we're always kind of collecting those ideas. We've got a bunch of ideas of our own, but you never know that might be a good topic for us to discuss. Um, as long as, uh, you know, as well as people to bring on to the podcast as well to have that discussion with us. So this will probably be one of um, probably fairly few episodes where it's just Justin and I, we're, we're really going to try to bring some people on who um, are very knowledgeable on a certain topic. Um, and so hopefully that is also value added to you guys. Um, yeah. Justin, you have anything to add? Nope. Send it. All right, man. Well, uh, this has been great. Hopefully you guys enjoyed episode one of the Gateway Defense Podcast. Until next time, keep practicing and shooting, and we'll see you on the range.